Superman Forever Radio, Episode 109, Perry White, Super Editor. than a speeding bullet, more powerful than a locomotive, people to leap tall buildings at a single bound, the infant of ship town is now the man of steel, Superman! Hello and welcome to the Superman Forever radio podcast. My name is Bob Fisher. This is a show where I talk about Superman from 1938 to Rebirth and beyond. And it can be anything about Superman. I just pick a topic from his long career, something that has to do with him, and then I talk about it. And speaking of things that I'm going to talk about, some of the upcoming episodes, things that uh, I'm working on, for future episodes, including uh, a feature on Lex Luthor and Brainiac. Looking forward to the Brainiac. That's cool. I'm, I'm looking forward to all of it. It's, you know, I wouldn't do it if I wasn't looking forward to it. So it's uh, Lex Luthor stuff coming up. Uh, I know I've done a, 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 a few episodes ago, we did the Deaths of Superman, which featured uh, one of my favorite Lex Luthor stories. But uh, I've got a couple of other ones coming up featuring Lex Luthor in some future episodes. I've got uh, Brainiac, a big, big Brainiac episode coming up. A spotlight on editor Mort Weisinger coming up that I'm really looking forward to. I'll have a special guest for that. And something else that, uh, you know, uh, in the future, and I'll mention it here first, uh, you know, we're in the early planning stages, but we have the name And so now I'm just working on putting some stuff together to get it, to make it real. But it's, it's already been planned for several months in the thought of and thinking, wow, I should really do that. And while thinking about it, reading about it, uh, a couple of uh, people on Facebook mentioned it, including Dave McElvenny. Hi, Dave. And uh, so I'm working on it now. So it's kind of a secret. In fact, we'll do this. Only you will know. I have not announced this anywhere on Facebook, on the uh, Superman Forever Facebook page or on the homepage or, or, uh, or anywhere else, actually. But I have created a Facebook page for the new coming podcast project, even though it doesn't have a home yet. We don't have a home yet for it. We have the name registered the name. I don't have a home yet for it. And we haven't got all the details ironed out of how it's aptly, uh, you know, going to be how, how, how we get it to you yet. But sometime in 2017, the Superboy Forever podcast. Uh-huh. Superboy Forever podcast. So I'll tell you what, right now, only you will know, only you dear listeners of this show now know that that's public. So there is a Facebook page. And uh, I've only told two other people, so those two people have already liked the page. But that's it. There's only three likes on that page. And it's just kind of been quietly sitting there as I get things organized to get the Superboy Forever podcast uh, up and running. There's some logistical problems. There's some things I need to work out behind the scenes and, you know, money and stuff. There's stuff that I have to work out. But I am announcing it here officially for the first time, only to you, my listeners, that sometime in 2017, the Superboy Forever podcast. Yeah. So, oh, so what this was, so what I'm saying is, uh, and here's this thing to do because it's, I'm only telling you, uh, if you're, a, if you're on Facebook, go like that page or join it. I forgot how I set it up, whether it's a member thing or a, a fan page. I forget how I set it up. But I think it's likes. I think it's just like the Superman uh, Forever Radio podcast page, Superman Forever podcast page on uh, Facebook. So search for Superboy Forever and like the page. It'll have a picture of the F uh, logo, the Superman F instead of the S logo for Fisher or forever, and uh, Superboy from uh, a Kurt Swan Superboy flying, and it just says Superboy forever. 
on the header. So that's how you know it's there. But if you find that page, like that page, we'll get this thing going uh, secretly, privately, and then we'll make some announcements as we get closer. But right now, we have the page. So let's get going. Let's get it started. And I'll be working on putting the shows together and then finding a home for it, how to do all that behind the scenes uh, hosting and RSS and XMLs and, you know, all that stuff. But for 2017, look forward to Superboy Forever podcast. Yes, I'm looking forward to that. Uh, today, though, we're talking about Perry White. You know, I think that's, that's uh, uh, why am I talking about Perry White? Well, uh, as I just mentioned, because and the reason I just mentioned those other three projects that I'm working on, those three projects, the Lex Luthor, the Brainiac, and the Superboy Forever podcast, uh, that's a separate podcast. Luther and the Brainiac stories are things I'm working on for future episodes of Superman Forever. But those are taking uh, uh, more time in the preparation to do and production. And I've been spending a lot of time on producing and producing and producing. Uh, so I thought I would do something uh, while still working on those three things behind the scenes and getting those three ready for you that I like to do from time to time. If you're a new listener, you, and this is your first one. I've done several episodes in the past where uh, what I do is pull the name out of a hat. It's not a name and it's not a hat. Okay. It's a bowl. Uh, I call it my super bowl. And uh, uh, back when I started the show a couple years ago, I uh, tore up little pieces of paper, cut up little tiny pieces of paper, strips of paper. And wrote little uh, names or phrases or things on those pieces of paper that pertained to the world of Superman. And it could be anything from a, a name of uh, a character. We've done in the past, Christopher Reeve popped up when I pulled a name out or pulled a slip out. It just had Christopher Reeve, uh, Christopher Reeve's name on it. And I say Reeves that time as uh, possessive, not plural. Christopher is Reeve. There's no S George has the S, Reeves, George Reeves, Christopher Reeve. Very close, and I'm nitpicky, but it's one of those things I'm trying to get over. I don't correct people on Facebook anymore when I see them post that. Uh, I thought about, uh, there's a picture that goes around from time to time that has a picture of George and Chris next to each other, and one says Reeves, the other says Reeve, got it now. And I thought that was a little harsh, but uh, but I understand it. It's you know, get it straight, people, please. Nerd nitpicks. <laughs> that could be a segment. Nerd pick nitpicks. But anyway, uh, the bowl has a whole lot of paper, and it could be a lot of different things. And kryptonite was on it. I talked about kryptonite uh, one and all. So, and it's usually just off the top of my head. I do it here live on mic. I pull one a name out, or a, I keep saying name because it turned out to be a name this time. But um, I pick a slip of paper, and usually just off the top of my head, what I can think about. I talk about that particular phrase or name or topic just as a little brain challenge. And this time it came up Perry White. I'll talk a little bit about Perry White right after this. Welcome to the future, our future, and soon to be your future. Well, until the next retcon or reboot. Welcome to the Legion of Substitute Podcasters, forged in the past by tales of the future, the Legion of Substitute Podcasters. And now, the secret origin of the Legion of Substitute Podcasters. You know, someone should do a podcast about the Legion of Superheroes. Yes. Yes, they should. We should ask the guys at CGS to do it. But aren't they kind of busy? Oh, no. It would be a great idea. I'm not so sure about this. I mean, they have the weekly podcasts they do. They are planning all their con appearances, setting up interviews with comic talent, scheduling the next super show, and restocking the bar for their next anniversary episode. Oh, come on. It'll be an easy sell. Let's go in and tell them about it. Wow, they are tough. What are you talking about? We never got past Tasha and the bogs. Choke. Now our dreams will never come true. No, wait. I'm having a flash of precognition. Really? No, but we need a plot device to get to the point, don't we? True that. 
I see us walking across wide distances with other Legion fans. I see us doing it, Paul and Rick. Don't you see? We're the Legion of Super Podcasters. We can't be the Legion of Super Podcasters. We were just kicked out of the club. Then we'll be the Legion of Substitute Podcasters. One day we'll prove that we are worthy. Yes! We've heard that people have a tough time understanding Legion of Superheroes. It's hard to keep track of which lad, last boy or girl is which. And what the hell's a Xanthu anyway? Let us make that a lot easier for you. Join Paul French, Rick Croxton, Darren Noel, and our mystery Legionnaire for a fun ride through the history of the future. www.legionofsubstitutepodcasters.com Julian Noah, Pierre Watkin, John Hamilton, Ted Knight, Jackson Beck, Stanley Ralph Ross, Lane Smith, Frank Langella, and of course, Lawrence Fishburne. What do they all have in common? Well, pretty obvious now, isn't it? They have all at one time portrayed Perry White in live action. There's also some names that are not on here on that list, but they, you know, portrayed Perry White in other places. There are dozens of people who have portrayed Perry White in film, radio, television, animation, uh, and the list goes on and on and on. Perry White. Most have played him fairly similarly. Hard, hard-nosed, you know, reporter, um, editor, the Daily Planet. According to his bio, he was born in the slums of Metropolis and worked hard to get himself out of that and uh, became a cub reporter. There's even some, uh, there were some fun stories in the uh, Atomic Age and uh, early Silver Age of uh, one in particular I think of where Superman goes back in time. I love time travel. And meets a young shoeshine Perry White and helps him as a cub reporter and gets him his big story, helping him, helping Perry get the story of Al Capone. Uh, it's, It's just fun, fun, fun story. But Perry White has been played by most of these actors as as the John Hamilton, who I guess to me is kind of the gold standard because, you know, my childhood, my first Perry White, really. Uh, and he was right out of the comics. That, to me, at that time, when I was a kid reading comics in the 50s and 60s and watching these uh, The Adventures of Superman on TV, John Hamilton kind of, you know, became the the archetype, archetype of... of of that character of Perry White because to me it was the same character that I was reading in the comic books and on the show on the adventures of Superman Perry went from everything from being sometimes comic relief to being to showing those young whippersnappers how to actually go out and get a story following a story putting himself in danger to um, having a nervous breakdown in some of the better episodes the great Caesar's ghost it's just so many, so many good things about Perry White. Now, the actual character of Perry White made his first appearance, like many of the early uh, advances and additions to the Superman mythos. He made his appearance first on the radio show in February of 1940, and then later transitioned into the comic as the editor of the Daily Planet, which from that point on, from later in 1940 to present day, he is the editor. Uh, They do bring back the other editor, and we'll leave that for a trivia quiz, who, of course, was the first editor of of which daily newspaper that Clark Kent worked for. Now, that was phrased really badly, but Clark Kent worked for another planet and boss before the Daily Planet. What newspaper and who is his boss? There's the trivia question. We'll answer it next episode, if I remember. I'll remember because you're going to send me email with the answer to bob at supermanforever.com or post it on the Facebook page. So, but there you go. So Perry White created in 1940 for the radio show. Uh, Later in, in that year, 1940, made it to the comics. Uh, the radio performer, by the way, was Julian Noah. It did a terrific job, you know, so basically creating that hard-nosed editor 
boss of Perry and Lois in assignments. Sometimes Perry is used in the comics uh, in those days is to set up the story. In the first couple of panels would take place at the Daily Planet. Uh, something comes across the teletype or whatever. Perry White gives the assignment to Clark Lois and or Jimmy. And thus the story begins. So Perry's just been an incredible character and he's been there throughout quietly doing his job. And as I said, most of the actors who've played Perry White have pretty much played that same archetype, archetype, archetype. Because <laughs> uh, I speak English. <laughs> now, who is my favorite? It, it, you know, it has to be John Hamilton. But that doesn't cut the rest of them down. I think any they've and, and they've even though they've been similar, being in other words the hard-nosed uh, reporter type. There have been many different uh, actors. Ted Knight, for crying out loud. Lane Smith on The Lois and Clark did not use the famous Great Caesar's Ghost or Don't Call Me Chief. Used Great Shades of Elvis as his... Uh, and I, being an Elvis fan, I had no problem with that. I thought that was fun. And I liked his character. I liked the guy who played uh, uh, Perry White. In fact, I've liked most of them. Uh, I can't really say, wow, he really sucked. I did not care for the movie Superman Returns, uh, but uh, Frank Langella was not a terrible Perry White. It wasn't his fault that it was a bad movie. Uh, it had so many other problems. Uh, Frank Langella was not one of them. But um, so anyway, I think the character is good. It's a great, you know, great character. Terrific, terrific performances of Perry White. And I've really enjoyed Perry White over the years. Uh, again, John Hamilton, my favorite. Uh, I enjoyed Lane Smith. I enjoyed the, the guy in uh, Smallville, whose name has slipped my mind, who I just read a few minutes ago. And of course, currently on the big screen, it's Lawrence Fishburne. And of course, when he was announced, everybody went, oh, no, oh. well, not everybody, but that that vocal anger vocal whatever it is on social media that that uh, has to immediately jump to the most negative terrible part of humanity don't know what that is so perry white just a terrific character so what have i chosen here now that perry white is is uh, has come out of the super bowl and i've talked a little bit about perry white not much not really new information but a little bit about this history where he who created him when he was created that he moved over to comets became a uh, a steadfast thing throughout the 60s and 70s it's so one of the things i missed in the new 52 he was absent um as many things were. Uh, I hope we see more of him. We've seen some good scenes, a couple of good scenes. There was one or two really good scenes in Convergence, the Lois and Clark Convergence, and, and some other things that have happened, uh, or Clark and Lois. Maybe they'll get back to that. We're starting to see more of Clark, Kent, Lois Lane, Lana. We're seeing the, the supporting characters and maybe DC getting back to the, the, the heart and soul of Superman. So uh, maybe we'll see a little more of Perry White in the comics coming up. I really hope so. I think Fishburne is scheduled for at least one or two scenes, but maybe not. Maybe I got the story wrong. Maybe he is actually not going to be in in Batman v. I mean uh, Justice League. He may not be in Justice League. Fishburne. So there may not be Perry White in Justice League. I don't know. I have been reading a lot of background stuff on the Justice League. Maybe I just wanted to come out, so I'm not really reading much of it. But anyway, uh, now that Perry White has come out. What did I choose? I thought, well, let's let's do a comic book because I could go to the TV show. I could go to uh, one of the George Reeves shows and pick one of my favorite uh, Perry White episodes. But to be honest, if you want to hear me kind of babble on about that show a little bit, I have talked about that uh, show on several other podcasts. Most recently, the Man of Screen podcast with Mike Zumo. And several of those episodes, particularly from the first season, were heavy Perry White featured uh episodes so uh going over there and, and listen to a couple of those i had a lot of fun talking about those got a few more i'm going to be doing with mike uh as uh, we now enter the fifth and sixth seasons of that series 
So hopefully we're starting to see more of Perry White in modern era because I just think he's a terrific character when he's used properly as both a father figure for Lois or that kind of a confidant for both Lois and Superman and Clark. And uh, although uh, Clark hasn't confided in him, as he should not, that's information I think it's kind of like I I put that with Commissioner Gordon. I, I think Commissioner Gordon in my world knows Bruce Wayne is Batman but will never let Bruce Wayne or Batman know that he knows uh, they are one and the same. He's just not going to do that. And he he shouldn't. And I think Perry White is the same way with that. Perry White, in my world, probably knows, but does not want to admit it and say it out loud. It's because their paper has so much going on for Superman. I think Perry both wants plausible deniability, as politicians will say. But there are certain things he doesn't need to know. I think that's one of those those cases where Perry knows but doesn't know or will not admit he knows openly or even to himself. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. So anyway, what have I chosen to talk about as far as uh, displaying one of a, a, a great Perry White stories or something to talk about from the actual uh, movies or TV shows or, or what or comics? Well, I chose a comic book. And I went back to the Silver Age, well, because that's kind of what I do. <laughs> and uh, hi, Billy Hogan. <laughs> because I chuckled when I thought of this. Because I thought of sometimes uh, comic book stories made it to the TV show. Uh, we've seen now them use aspects of comic book stories in the big budget movies. But I had to chuckle when I thought, because sometimes when I just, you know, think of one of these characters, some of their. You know, three or four of their main stories come to my mind, whether it's Jimmy or Lois or Perry or whatever. And this one jumps out. And I thought this would be funny because I tried to visualize many of the actors that have played Perry White playing Perry White in a live action version of this story. And it uh, it makes me smile <laughs> a lot. And what have I chosen for this? Action Comics number 278, where Perry White gets superpowers. We'll talk about that right after this. Are you willing to follow me on a journey and risk getting lost in a swirling maze of past ages protected only by our red indestructible capes as we break through the final unexplored realm of the time barrier to explore the fantastic Silver Age adventures of the world's greatest hero, Superman? If so, join me each week on the Superman Fan Podcast as together we'll follow the Man of Steel, his cousin Supergirl, and his closest friends, Perry White, Lois Lane, Jimmy Olsen, Lana Lang, Batman and Robin and others in Superman's never-ending quest to defend truth and justice in the pages of Action Comics, Superman, World's Finest Comics, Superman's pal Jimmy Olsen, and Superman's girlfriend Lois Lane. Go to the supermanfanpodcast.blogspot.com, available on iTunes and most other podcast aggregators. You can also follow the podcast on Facebook, Twitter, Tumblr, Medium, Flipboard, and Stitcher. And after you listen, feel free to send email to supermanfanpodcast at gmail.com. And unless you request otherwise, I look forward to reading your comments on future episodes. And don't forget to wear your red indestructible cape, standard safety equipment for traveling through the time barrier. Action Comics number 278. Cover date, July 1961. Ship date was May of 1961, according to Mike's Amazing World of Comics. The Superpowers of Perry White. Story by Jerry Coleman. This is probably, I think, the first Jerry Coleman story I've done here on uh, Superman Forever. But uh, Jerry Coleman wrote this story 
with art by the great Kurt Swan, inked by Stan Kay. Our story opens as Perry White, in a rare day off, strolls through his garden to take a look and see what's going on, and uh, we find out from this story that Perry is a gardener. So he's looking at his, his roses and his petunias and his azaleas aren't doing too well. But, whoa, what is that? And he spots a very strange-looking plant. Almost humanoid. It's got looks like it's got two legs. And, you know, uh, if you're familiar with the movie The Day of the Triffids, it's similar to that. But a flowery head... Little arm branches all over the place with red pear-shaped fruit dangling over them. And Perry is mesmerized. What is that? I don't know, but it smells so good. It's enticing me. I must eat it. Crunch, crunch. Wow. Not an apple, not a pineapple, not a peach. What is this? Is nothing I've ever tasted before. So delicious. So he munches it and... uh, goes about his business the next morning next day at the daily planet when he goes to open the safe the safe is stuck oh blast this safe stuck again i know i dialed the right combination we need to have this fixed and boom he rips it right off the hinges this huge six foot tall uh steel safe has been just crashed Oh, my, what is going on? Well, I'll have to call and get them to fix that. Pretty soon, Jimmy Olsen calls and starts to give the rundown about the senator's uh, political, making some political news. And Perry is all upset and slams his fist down on the ground and says, Blasted Olsen, I was talking about the Washington senator's baseball team, not the blasted politicians. And when he hits the desk, the whole desk just crumbles under his strength. Whoa. Whoa. And he hangs up on Olsen, gives, yells at Olsen one more time, and then hangs up on him and, and uh, says, This is strange. I seem to have super strength somehow. And he goes over to a trophy case and lifts it with one hand rather easily and realizes, Yes, I have super strength. What else do I possibly have? How could that have happened? And he says, Yes, I have heat vision, as he lights his cigar Uh, with his heat vision. Then he flies around the room, his office. Yes, I have superpowers. Well, I'll have to hide this. I'll have to keep this a secret. Uh, Obviously, it's the 60s. It's what you do when you find out you have superpowers. I'll just tell somebody and call the whatever uh, insurance companies or whatever and tell them a burglar broke in uh, to the office which is what caused the damage to the safe and the... uh... About that time, Lois comes running in and says, uh, Perry, come come see what we're doing here. We're taking some pictures of the kryptonite exhibit for the color, Sunday color insert. Yeah, for the Sunday color insert of the Daily Planet, Lois is writing a story about kryptonite and the different types, and Jimmy's taking pictures of it on the shelf. And Perry thinks, uh-oh, kryptonite, the one thing that can kill Superman I'd better be careful, I wonder. And then Lois, uh, when they get to the room, it's a display and it's obviously replica kryptonite that is there. And Perry says, but that gives me an idea. I wonder, how will kryptonite affect me? Well, not too long after, uh, fairly shortly, Perry, uh, and after a shopping trip and buying what he needed, uh, he dons his new costume which is a green asbestos suit with uh, reddish kind of dark pink, hot pink boots and dark pink uh, trunks and a mask, a full head mask lined with lead with an M on his chest, standing for Masterman. So Perry uh, dons his new costume. It's an asbestos costume, so it won't burn up due to friction of the air as he flies fast. And uh, Perry flies into space looking for kryptonite. And sure enough, as he's flying around, there's a whole swarm of green kryptonite meteors swishing by. So he grabs one, flies back, 
flies back to Metropolis, storing the kryptonite away in a lead box for for a future test and realizing, great, uh, kryptonite did not hurt me. Interesting test there, Perry, to use your powers to fly into space and expose yourself without knowing to a swarm of red, crypt, I mean, green kryptonite while you're in space. What if it had affected you, Perry? Incredible. Okay, but looks cool. So then Perry flies back to Metropolis, and as he flies back, he sees a truck going out of control, saves the people, and says, I'm Masterman, the new hero of Metropolis. And Newsflash gets to the Daily Planet, and there's Lois, Clark, Jimmy, and of course, Perry. And Perry gives orders to find out, Kent, who this Masterman is, and you'll get a raise, a week's pay, you'll get a bonus, you'll get extra money, a vacation You'll get something cool if you figure out who Masterman is. So you guys go out and get that story. Uh, meanwhile, Jimmy says, uh, Chief Chief, my uh, aunt is in town and she's got a really bad cold and I should... Uh, and Perry uses his x-ray vision to look in Jimmy's pocket, sees tickets for the baseball game and says, hmm, well, I'll show the young whippersnapper. Well, that's too bad. Go ahead and take the day off and stay with your aunt there. Jimmy, I was going to assign you the big game today, to cover the big game today, but I guess I'll have to cover that myself. And Jimmy thinks to himself, oh great, now I can't go to the game because he might see me there. And then all of a sudden a news flash comes across. Oh no, there's a critter, the lion is loose. News flash from the little transistor radio sitting on the desk of, I don't know whose desk that, if it's Lois's desk or Clark's desk or Perry, I don't know whose desk that is, but transistor radio sitting there and it says, news flash, lion, ah, escape. And Perry, and Clark says, hmm, I better take care of this. And Perry's thinking, hmm, I better take care of this. And Clark says, ooh, I have a headache. I need to go away. Perry says, oops, time for my liver pill. Yeah, that's what he says there. Time for my liver pill. And the two of them go in opposite directions, but towards the same storeroom where Clark peers in with his x-ray vision to see Perry changing into his Masterman costume. And Clark, that's interesting that he did that. This is like one of the first times I can think of that before he runs into the storeroom to change into Superman, he uses his x-ray vision to look in there and see. And then goes, well, interesting. So Perry White is actually... Masterman. So Perry has superpowers. I wonder how and what and all that. And, uh, hmm, well, interesting that we both chose the same storeroom to change into secret super identities, too. Wow, that's interesting. I'll follow him and see what's going on, but I'll wait here for him to finish because he was there first. So first come, first serve. Yeah, it says first come, first serve right there. And then Perry flies off, so Clark goes in, changes to Superman, and decides to follow him and see how he does it. Perry handles the escaped lion by using super breath to blow a ring around the lion, making it like a big, you know, on a little island all by itself. And then swoops down, picks it up, and takes it back. Okay, why didn't he just pick up the lion and take it back in the first place? Oh, I see. No use of superpowers by just doing that. Oh, okay, good. So, uh... Then Perry flies back to his uh, apartment, or his house, Perry's home, and Superman's watching him with his uh, x-ray and telescopic vision, and notices that Perry goes into his home, takes off his mask, and starts making adjustments to his television set, his TV set. And Superman, I wonder why he's making, what he's doing to his TV. His hands are moving at super speed, making all kinds of changes and adjustments to his TV set. Then we see Perry talking to more of those plant creature things okay now this is important ladies and gentlemen to me and the story and the ending of the story and we'll get back to that in a minute but right now so perry calls and he's talking to more of these plant lights and he says this is as new to yachrom yatrom i don't know made up names yeah yeah you know okay zaznu and utrom to utrom of the planet XYZ. I don't know. Yes, come in. Come in, Zaznu. How are things progressing? Well, I came here as a spore, landed, and forced one of the humanoids that lives here to eat the fruit, and now I totally possess possess him, body and mind. I have total control of him. 
and as a side effect, it's given him uh, some powers, some superpowers, given these humans the superpowers as a side effect of the fruit. Earth is perfect. It's warm sun and healthy soil. It's perfect for our kind. We can take over and live here uh, because of our dying planet. We can survive here. This will be perfect replacement for our own dying planet. Uh, and these people are easy to take over. We'll get them to eat our fruit and take over. It'll be perfect and easy. But there is a problem. They have a super-powered guy here named Superman, and we need to take him out. But I do have superpowers, and I figured out a way to kill him. Okay, do that, and then get back to us. Okay. So, he communicates with his home planet and gets orders to go ahead and kill Superman. Well, Superman, obviously, watching that goes, well, this is fun. Not really. But we'll have to do something about that. How can I defeat him? So Superman keeps watching, and he notices that Perry now is reading at super speed. He's gone to the library. He's gone everywhere to the Daily Planet files. And he's reading everything there is to know about Superman. Well, Superman uh, is a little concerned. So, uh, as always now, he consults via superventriloquism. Supergirl, who is in another part of on another part of the planet, they're not together. So, how do you talk to her when she's on the other side of the planet in real time? Of course, they use super ventriloquism to talk to each other. And Superman says, uh, tells her the story, tells her that the guy has got you know powers. I don't think I can, you know, I don't know how I'm going to stop him. And in case something happens, be ready to take over. Yes, cousin, I wish I could help you, but I understand why you want to keep me as a secret. I understand. I will just monitor the situation. Meanwhile, after talking to Supergirl and laying out other plans to be prepared for his battle with this super foe, who now knows, uh, he says, you know, he might try to use green kryptonite against me, and he might figure out that I'm Clark Kent. So Superman hypnotizes himself to not feel the pain of kryptonite. So doesn't know how long that will last. So um, hypnotizes himself. Then he goes to work at the planet, types at super speed to get the story finished in time, not knowing that Perry White heard him typing at super speed, using his x-ray vision, looks through the walls, sees Clark Kent, looks through his shirt, sees the Superman S. Well, so Clark Kent is Superman, huh? Perfect chance to use the kryptonite that's in the lead box. Kent. Lane, Olsen, get in here immediately. And then he tells, and Perry tells the three of them, well, what are we supposed to do with this? A reader sent real kryptonite, and we need to dispose of it. What do you guys suggest? Clark says, I suggest we get contact with Superman and let him dispose of it while it's in the lead box. And Lois is thinking, well, so Clark didn't have any effect by the kryptonite. Must not be Superman. Perry's thinking, drats, how did he do that? And Clark goes, made it, I'm about to pass out as he walks out. He then flies to his Fortress of Solitude to make more preparations and get prepared for the oncoming battle. And one of the things in his fortress is a lead suit, uh, a lead armored suit that he wears and puts on. And it's got a nice little camera system so he can see out. And he said, this will protect me if he shows up with the kryptonite. And shortly after, here comes Masterman Perry White in his green and pink costume, kind of reddish pink costume. And he's got a sort of green kryptonite, a spear of red kryptonite. And the first thing he does when he gets there is just chop the Bottle City of Candor right now. Just there goes the Bottle City of Candor. Superman says, okay, here he comes. So I'm going to have to carefully lead him to the rooms that I have prepared for the defense. And uh, Perry goes right after him, follows Superman, who's in his lead suit. And uh, Superman says, why are you forcing me to throw this statue I made in your honor, Perry? It's to symbolize our hatred of each other and that our relationship is over and that you must die. And then Superman tries some other super weapons as he goes from room to room being chased by Masterman as they fight. And Perry throws the big globe of Krypton that Superman has in his fortress. He throws that at the machine that Superman's trying to use. Superman also tries to use... uh, a kind of a turtle-looking creature that shoots out all kinds of deadly rays. And none of them have any effect on Masterman as he uses super breath and blows the creature out of the way. Superman starts to run back to another room in his lead suit. 
and gets another weapon that he hits Perry White on the head with. It's a big weapon, and, and it vibrates so much that it just vibrates Perry White's super costume off, and he's just down to his regular street clothes. Yeah, I don't know. Don't, don't, you don't, yeah. Perry White says, well, it might have worked on this, but it won't work on that. So Perry White uses his heat vision and says, my heat vision will melt lead, not like yours. And melts the lead suit. And Perry White is then starting to hurt Superman when all of a sudden, through the wall, comes busting Supergirl. And she's carrying a big white boulder. What is that? Supergirl, what's going on? Sorry to disobey you, cousin, but I think this might help. And she throws the white boulder at Perry White, hits him, and he goes down in pain, hurting, dying, in fact. And Supergirl explains she figured out the clue she thought it might work on him that since green kryptonite, as was told earlier in the story, affects Kryptonians with pain and kills them, and red kryptonite affects them unpredictably, and blue kryptonite affects bizarros, and white kryptonite affects all forms of plant life, I thought since these were plant-based people, this might work on them. Well, terrific, it does. Thank you, Supergirl. It has killed him. He's now gone, and Perry will be freed. Superman takes the white kryptonite back to Perry's house and uh, uses it to destroy the plant in Perry's garden, which ends the threat to Earth. When Perry wakes up, he has no memory that Clark was Superman and doesn't know what had happened. Later back in the fortress, Supergirl is all upset as she looks at the bottle city of Kandor broken and is crying and Superman says, don't worry, knowing that he might do something like that. I made, that's just a duplicate I made of Kandor. There it is over there, the real one, safe and sound. Everything is back to normal as it should be. The end. Day of the Triffids, 1951 story. Movie was 1962, a year after this. So 10 years before this and a year after this for the movie. Also Body Snatchers, a couple of of, uh, other stories and movies that reminded me a little bit of this one where plant life takes over human life, particularly sentient space plant life takes over humans. We have a fun splash page on the beginning of this one with, uh, again, terrific Kurt Swan artwork. And I like Stan K as an anchor for Kurt Swan. There's so much I really think is fun about this story. And it's just so much you know, campy fun in in, uh, so many different angles. And again, in this costume and the way Kurt Swan draws Perry White in a superhero costume is very funny. But very believable for a Perry White type person to wear a, uh, a so-called superhero costume and what he might look wearing it with his little pot belly and phys- the, the physique of someone of his stature. I'd love to have seen John Hamilton uh, <laughs> do this episode. I guess the closest we got to John Hamilton looking like this would be in that uh, George Reeves uh, Adventures of Superman episode Through the Time Barrier where Air Forsum goes back into time with a bad guy and a Sterling Holloway scientist go back into time and have to wear cave clothes, skins. But Perry, when he took off his suit, is wearing red long underwear. And I could imagine him looking a lot like this. Uh, So he could play the part. Actually, any of them could. But I also love the way the story starts with Perry White um, in his garden, you know, watering his garden. He's got a garden hose and he's just relaxed. He's got a cigar uh, and he's out in his garden. And then he comes across this weird looking plant thing and is forced mentally 
by its uh, fragrance to to eat it and giving himself superpowers. Then the next couple of pages of him exploring and realizing what he has as superpowers and what how they will affect him and and then flying into space to get the kryptonite and doing the one scene to say, hey, I'm a good guy and using his powers to fool Jimmy. But so much goodness. Uh, a really funny scene, too, with when the lion breaks out and Clark and Perry make excuses to go to get away to go change into their costumes. I often wonder now, in looking at this scene, when Clark gets to the storeroom, he uses his x-ray vision to look through the door, to, and that's how he sees Perry changing. And I'm wondering, how often do you do that before you just jump barge into that storeroom to change? Or leave the storeroom when you change back into Clark Kent? Uh, how often do you use your x-ray vision? Why'd you do it this time? Hmm. Interesting. Um, kind of like Columbo. When Columbo notices things that people do, if they're do, doing them for the first time, or out of the ordinary. And uh, I don't remember too many stories where he looked through the storeroom door first. So then Perry, okay, now that we get to the scene after he saves the line, but we get to the scene where uh, Perry is communicating with the home planet. Okay. These guys, now the people he's talking to, they obviously have technology. They've built structure. They're communicating with each other. They are, for all intents and purposes, sentient, even though they are plants. So this, to me, is brings up a very interesting situation. Now, granted, their goal is to take over the planet Earth by taking over humans. Superman's solution, with the help of Supergirl is to use white kryptonite to kill him. And we have to ask, was that the best way to do it? Never thought of it, didn't think about it, but after the last few years with Man of Steel and Zod and all the stuff that's come out with a bunch of that, and then even with my one of my least favorite stories of all time, Whatever Happened to the Man of Tomorrow, uh, his solution to Mixius Pitalik and other things. So you get into the Superman doesn't kill. You almost have to say he doesn't kill unless he does or you know usually he doesn't kill for the most part he doesn't kill anymore <laughs> but uh how do these count in that in the in the count these are planet life but they are obviously sentient obviously communication obviously have built tools know how to use them they have plans but anyway that's an interesting little uh sideline to that and then of course the way it ends uh like so many of these do once the spore has left perry he no longer has memory of what happened so he's back to normal everybody's back to normal another fun little story about perry white perry gets superpowers in a few other stories which we might get to one of these one of them he gets a, a box of cigars and smoking the cigars gives him uh, some superpowers. So that'll do it for episode 109, Perry White, and the superpowers of Perry White. Fun little story. And as I mentioned earlier, and you're the first to know, none of the back-behind-the-scenes stuff has been worked out yet. But once it does, sometime in the year 2017, 2017, Superboy Forever podcast. Yeah, boy. Looking forward to it. So if you have any questions, you have any comments, you uh, think Superman, it's okay to kill as long as they're just plants or aliens or Zod or Mixie, <laughs> send me some email, bob at supermanforever.com. Thanks for being here, folks. I do appreciate it. We'll see you next time. Superman is based on the original character appearing in Action Comics and Superman Magazine. Superman is copyright DC Comics. Superman was created by Jerry Siegel and Joe Schuster.
yourself together. Then. What is this sound hey, I hear? Bill, Bill. Uh, suffering from swollen thighs. <laughs> Sitting down too much, I suppose. They made a mistake and brought me camphor balls instead. Did you swallow them? Yeah, and every time I sneeze, dozens of moths fly out. What? Yeah, a covey of moths closely followed by a bevy of silverfish. A bevy? Flying in V formation. <laughs> fly, fly on the wing. Hey, Bill. Here's a B sign Bill, of now look. Wait a minute. Well, the little Bill, children Bill, now look. Hold it. Now hold everything. Please, Bill, let's cut out the poetry. Nobody wants to hear anything about moths. Moths in the flame? No. <laughs> Don't you remember Maeterlinck's poem about the moth? Oh, now, Bill, Maeterlinck wrote about bluebirds. Uh, practically the same thing. <laughs> yeah, I, I guess it is. Anyway, you shouldn't sleep with your mouth open. I don't. I sleep with my mouth closed. They crawl in through the nostrils. <laughs> Well, that gives them more room. Do you do anything about it? Yeah, I usually drink a couple of glasses of flip before retiring. <laughs> and does that kill them all? Doesn't help them any. <laughs> I'm usually awake all night. There's one consolation, though. The moth suffer as much as I do. <laughs> I feel them flying around in my stomach, screaming with pain. Oh, good evening, Mr. Field. Oh, hello, Werner. Where's your orchestra? But, no, that, that's Edgar Bergen. Oh, yes, yes, I know. Don't tell me. Hello, Edwin. Edgar. Don't prompt me. I know. <laughs> Mr. Field, Charlie wants to say something to you. Yes. Oh. Hello, Mr. Fields. Hello, blood poison. <laughs> and now, do you feel sorry that you said I was full of termites? I guess I do. I guess I do. I really haven't had time to give it much thought. You know, Charlie really loves you, Mr. Fields. Yes, I do. But I don't think Mr. Fields loves me. Now, listen, that's gone far enough. <laughs> I've been a gentleman up to now. <laughs> What's the matter, Bill? Well, he's not going to tell me I don't love him. I'll break every knot in his body. 